Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you out there in the world are taking good care of yourselves and being safe during this pandemic. And I hope all of you out there are making good, smart, and careful decisions. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about a few things that have stood out to me in sports this far. And one of the things that has stood out to me has to do with one of, if not the weirdest, bizarre, and at this point, possibly perverted stories in sports, not just in the, not just in the NFL, but in sports in general. And the story that obviously you guys know that I'm getting ready to talk about is the, the situation with Deshaun Watson. And as we all know, this situation goes back with Deshaun Watson. It goes all the way back to last year when Deshaun Watson, when we all found out that Deshaun Watson was first accused by 16 women of sexual misconduct. Then the list grew from 16 to 22. Now it's gone from 22 over the last few months now to 24. Here, and here's the here's the issue as to why the 24th accuser is going to be a major, major problem for Deshaun Watson. But first, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson's big-time attorney, Rusty Harden. You guys know Rusty Harden. You guys probably know who he is. He's one of the more famous attorneys in the world, and he's represented people like Roger Clemens, if I'm not mistaken. And according to Rusty Harden, according to an article written by Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, Rusty Harden and his team did not know about this situation as far as the 24th accuser. They didn't know about the 24th accuser with Deshaun Watson. They didn't know about this until Monday. And here's 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 what it said, and here's why that's a problem. I'm gonna get to why that's a problem in a minute, but here is what Rusty Harden said, according to Mike Florio's article. Quote: Harden's statement says only that they did. Hard, excuse me. Harden's statement says only that they hadn't heard the person's name until Monday. It's possible they knew via aggressive questioning of their own client that there was a 24th interaction that could have resulted in a claim being made. Here's why that 24th victim, or excuse me, that 24th accuser that was not known until Monday by Harden's team is a major issue. Here's also what Mike Florio said. Quote, that's important for multiple reasons. First, if this person whose name previously wasn't known to Watson's legal team now files a criminal complaint, the allegations could be submitted to another grand jury and the graphic details contained in the 24th complaint, if repeated to a grand jury and accepted by the grand jury, could result in an indictment. Here's where Deshaun Watson and the Browns possibly voiding his contract and moving on from him comes into play. Quote, second, if Watson is eventually suspended for the for the conduct alleged in the 24th lawsuit, the Browns possibly will be able to void his void his guarantees and move on from him and possibly recover a significant portion of his signing bonus. As explained in early April, after we obtained a full copy of Watson's contract, meaning Florio and Pro Football Talk, 
The contract exempts from the standard default guarantee void language a suspension imposed by the league, quote, solely in connection with matters disclosed to club in writing pursuant to paragraph 42 and such suspension results in players' unavailability to clubs solely for games during the 2022 or 2022 NFL League years. Man, I, I just... Honestly, at this point, this situation is not going to get any better. And it's not going to get any better. As a matter of fact, it's going to get worse. And it actually has gotten worse. Because there was an article, a New York Times article, that came out that came out either, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday or the day before, that talked about how over a 17-month period with Deshaun Watson, he seeked out 66 women to be a massage therapist for him over a 17-month period. So you have this 24th accuser coming out and accusing Deshaun Watson of what she alleges that he did and now you have this New York Times article that says that Deshaun Watson seeked out 66 different massage therapists who were women over a 17 month period bottom line is this Cleveland gave the wrong type of contract to the wrong man at the wrong damn time Cleveland absolutely screwed this entire thing up and they mishandled this so damn poorly that now other teams around the league are going to be looking at them and looking at them in just major and absolute disgust. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. In my opinion... I think the NFL needs to suspend Deshaun Watson indefinitely. Now, what's going to probably more than likely and realistically end up happening is that Roger Goodell is probably going to put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's exempt list, and he's probably going to do it with pay. In my opinion, I think that, I, me personally, I don't think that's a good decision at all. In my opinion, they need to indefinitely suspend Deshaun Watson with out pay suspend him without pay because here's the thing about this like I said before this thing is going to get worse before it gets better and here's the other thing it would not surprise me if this scenario takes place okay just throwing this scenario out there the more the, the worse this the worse this gets it would not surprise me if Cleveland voids his contract, and then they just cut him and move on from him, and then the NFL suspends him. But I think the, me personally, I think the latter is going to happen first. I think the, I think the NFL suspends Deshaun Watson indefinitely, and then eventually the worst that it gets, Cleveland voids his contract, and then they move on from him, and then they cut him. But all, But just all in all, Cleveland knew of the knew of this situation with him. You knew of this situation with him, but yet you still chose to give this dude a five-year, $230 million contract fully guaranteed. 
you 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 still decided to do that even with his, even with his even with these with these issues that are taking place with him Cleveland I'm sorry but I have no damn I have no damn sympathy for you at all none it is disgusting it is it is ridiculous and I I, I just the fact that it's Cleveland that did this the fact that it is the Cleveland Browns that did this. Now, honestly, okay, I'm gonna just say this. There's another guy on this on this on this Browns team that Cleveland brought on, formerly formerly known GM John Dorsey, brought Kareem Hunt onto this football team after his domestic violence issue. So now you add on to that. By bringing a dude onto this roster who's pro- who's who's perverted, who's who's just bizarre and weird, and I I, I just I, and you make and Cleveland makes it even worse by giving him the contract that they gave him, and now Cleveland has no Cleveland Cleveland at this point Cleveland's gonna have absolutely no choice but to possibly void his contract and cut him and move on from him. They're gonna have no choice because, like I mentioned before, this is this is not going this is not going to get better. This is going to get way way worse before it gets better. And this twenty fourth accuser may have actually put the nail not only in Deshaun Watson's tenure in Cleveland, even before it even starts, but this twenty fourth accuser may have actually put the nail in this dude's career. I see absolutely no way in hell in any way, shape, or form that Deshaun Watson plays ever again in the National Football League. I'm sorry. I I, I just don't. Even if by some damn miracle Deshaun Watson wins all of these civil suits, which I highly doubt, but if by somehow, some way, all of these civil lawsuits eventually end and it's and and they and they and they and they and they all of a sudden become a thing of the past. I don't see any way in any way shape or form how Deshaun Watson ever plays football again when this whole thing is over. And that's just my thought on that. This situation is going to get worse before it gets better. And Cleveland Cleveland just the fact that it's Cleveland that did this, I, I'm just looking at their dysfunction, looking at their dysfunction, and how they op and how they've operated at the quarterback position over the last decade plus. I'm I, I'm just I, I'm just not I'm just not surprised by this one damn bit. I'm just not. But next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about Aaron Donald and his new contract as i talked about last show i talked about how aaron donald possibly retiring and leaving the rams and going off and doing his own thing as far as retirement i talked about how the rams possibly losing him could be huge now i also said that i thought that aaron donald would would eventually come back and if he were to come back, that wouldn't surprise me. If he retires, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, Aaron Donald came to an agreement with the Rams on a restructured 
contract, three years, $95 million. And here's a, here's a little insight into a little bit of a breakdown into Deshaun Watson's contract. Here's what, here's what Nick shook from around the NFL, from, from, from around the NFL said, as far as this, a, uh, a small breakdown, as far as Aaron Donald's restructure contract, he said, quote, no new years were added to Aaron Donald's contract, which now guarantees him 65 million over the next two seasons and 95 million through the 2024 season. And Rappaport added, I'm sorry, this is Ann Rappaport saying this. In all, Donald Nets, Donald Nets a $40 million raise over his, over his previous contract, which carried a base salary of just $9.25 million into the 2022 season. Bottom line is this with Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams. And Colin Cowherd, shout out to Colin Cowherd. He said this along with a lot of other people who have said this too. I want to know where the hell the Rams are getting all this damn money from. You're paying Bobby Wagner. You're paying Allen Robinson. You're paying Jalen Ramsey. You're paying Aaron Donald and you're paying Matthew Stafford. You're paying the five biggest stars on your team. But yet, you're finding, I mean, the Rams are just literally finding ways to pay these guys. And we don't know where the hell they're getting this damn money from. It is unbelievable. But all in all, Aaron Donald deserves this contract. He deserves this restructured contract. He is now the highest paid non-QB in league history. He's been the best defensive tackle in the league over the last eight years. And I'm not surprised by this at all, realistically. And this is what Aaron Donald said after the contract, after the restructured contract agreement with him and the Rams. This is what he said, quote, I'm locked back into I'm locked back into go go and get us another ring. Why not? And getting the chills thinking about it. Let's go to work. Like I said before, Aaron Donald has been one of the best defensive tackles in the league for the last seven to eight years. He deserves this extension. He's earned it. I think the Rams would have been a much more different defensive line without him had he decided to call it a career. But the Rams just have done things very, very well. Their front office knows how to operate. And there have there's not been really any noise coming out of that organization over the last three to four to five years since, since Sean McVay has taken over that franchise as the head coach. So I love what the Rams have done with Stafford, with Ramsey, with going to get a Vaughn Miller, with going to get an OBJ, with bringing in Bobby Wagner, with going to get Allen Robinson. The Rams are aggressive, they take care of their guys, and they do right by their guys. And so I love what the Rams have done. Aaron Donald has has deserved this extension. He is one of, if not the best players in all of the NFL, no matter position, no matter the side of the ball. And congratulations, Aaron Donald. And it is it is well, it is well deserved. Well deserved. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo being excused from mandatory minicamp. Also, I'm going to tell also I'm going to talk to you guys about why the Browns need to do right by Baker Mayfield. And also I'm going to talk to you guys about why the Blazers, the Portland Trail Blazers, possibly going after Anthony Levine and Bradley Beal 
via trade this summer is going is absolutely major and huge for the future of Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard Lillard in Portland. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco 49ers quarterback. And as we all know, Jimmy Garoppolo has now been excused from mandatory minicamp. And according to an article from NBC Sports, league sources have confirmed to NBC Sports Bay Area that the veteran quarterback is not required to report to Santa Clara as he rehabs from off-season shoulder surgery. Garoppolo Garoppolo has been working with his own training staff and was not scheduled to be cleared to throw a football until late June, excuse me, late June or July. The 30-year-old has not been present at team headquarters since cleaning out his locker following the NFC Championship game at the end of January. Normally a player would be fined for not reporting, but this is not the case for Garoppolo. Here are the fines for players if they start to miss mandatory minicamp. If you did not know, here are the fines. Day one, if you miss day one of mandatory minicamp, you get fined $980,000. You miss another day, you, you miss day two, you get fined $961,000. And if you missed a third day, you get fined $936,000. So bottom line with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, we all know he's not going to get fined. He's recovering from, from shoulder surgery. And at this point, the 49ers are in a boat where they have either one of two options. Okay. We all know Trey Lance is the guy. The San Francisco 49ers drafted Trey Lance last year with their number one overall pick in the 2021 draft. The San Francisco 49ers have a few options here. Option one, Jimmy Garoppolo heals up. They find a trade partner for him, which I think is going to be very difficult at this point because 90, I say about 96 to 97% of the league has their quarterback. I'm going to throw a team out there to you guys in a little bit that probably doesn't make a whole bunch of sense but at the end of the day it's just a team I'm just spitballing who knows but they could wait the the 49ers could wait for Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder to heal they could trade him and they could find and they could try to find the best trade partner possible for him now they can't trade him obviously because he's hurt can't trade an injured player until he's fully healthy or option number two Trey Lance is getting a lot of reps in at this point. This is the best opportunity that, that the 49ers are going to have in OTAs and in mandatory and in mandatory minicamp to see how good Trey Lance really is and for Trey Lance to prove to them, not just during OTAs and mandatory minicamp, but also to prove during the preseason that he is as good as the 49ers possibly believe he could be. Okay. Now, option two, the 49ers could keep Jimmy Garoppolo after he fully heals from his shoulder surgery and his rehab, and he's good to go and things like that. And Trey Lance, and Trey Lance starts to struggle, and Trey Lance proves that the 49ers possibly made a mistake in drafting him. 
and the 49ers can go back to the Jimmy G well. They can keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo comes back in the 2022 season, plays really, really well. And then come next season, maybe the 49ers trade him. Maybe they trade him. So they got one of two options with this situation. They got one of two options. Trey Lance shows that he's the guy. Trey Lance shows that he's the guy moving forward in OTAs and mandatory minicamp and training camp in the preseason or whatever the case may be. Trey Lance proves that he's the guy in San Francisco. The 49ers can wait for Jimmy G to heal up. Boom. 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Or or the 49ers, whether Trey Lance struggles or not, the 49ers can say, you know what, Jimmy G, you're fully healthy. We love you. How about you come back and you stay? Now, in my opinion, the 49ers need to move on from Jimmy G, in my opinion, because sometimes, at the end of the day, sometimes it's just time to move on from a certain place. And the way the NFC Championship game ended for the 49ers, it's just, I, I think it was just simply time, I think it's just simply time for the 49ers to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. But unless Trey Lance proves that he is just not the guy during mandatory minicamp, or even if he doesn't struggle, the four, or if the 49ers just feel like they've just they just feel like they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo because they probably don't trust Trey Lance is Trey Lance's development, they could keep Jimmy G. But let's just say the 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I said before, there aren't there aren't very many teams in the league that need a quarterback right now. I'd probably say maybe three to four teams need a quarterback. Miami with Tua. Who knows what's going to happen with Tua. The the New York Giants with Daniel Jones. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with Daniel Jones after this season. And then there's another team that I want to throw out there very, very briefly. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm just spitballing a team out there. The Cleveland Browns. Now, a lot of people out there will probably say, why in the hell would you bring up the Cleveland Browns when they already have their quarterback situation as is? Here's why I bring up the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to talk about Cleveland in a minute. Here's why I bring up Cleveland. Eventually, at some point with this Deshaun Watson situation, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And Cleveland could end up in a situation where they could absolutely void Deshaun Watson's contract and they could cut him and they could move on from him. They're also in a situation with Baker Mayfield where they they could eventually move on from Baker Mayfield. If Cleveland at any if Cleveland at any point during next year, let's just say the 49ers keep Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo stays and he plays well and the 49ers just just feel like Jimmy G's the best option right now for them. And he plays well. The honestly what the 49ers could possibly do is they could possibly go and trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Cleveland Browns after next season. I'm not saying that they would do it this season. They could possibly trade him after next season. And 
They could trade they could trade him to the Cleveland Browns, and by that time, Cleveland will probably have moved on from Deshaun Watson anyway at that point. So, again, I'm not saying that he's going to end up with Cleveland. I'm just spitballing a few teams out there. The Dolphins, the Giants, the Browns. If I if I if I had if I had to if I had to go from least to greatest on which teams or which team I think realistically he could possibly he could possibly end up on from least to greatest realistically I think he ends up with the New York Giants first I think that's the most realistic I think the Dolphins and then if I had to throw a third team out there I go the Cleveland Browns but I'm just spitballing Cleveland as a team I'm not saying he's going to end up in Cleveland I'm just spitballing teams out there just to let you guys know that there's a very, very limited amount of teams that Jimmy Garoppolo could get traded to. Just throwing that out there. Next up, I want to talk about Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns and why I believe the Cleveland Browns need to do right by Baker Mayfield. They they need to just let Baker Mayfield go at this point, okay? You alienated a guy who you drafted number one overall, he won you a playoff game for the first time in uh, uh in 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 16 years or excuse me in 18 years. He won you a playoff game for the first time in forever. He won you a playoff game and you and you alienate him. Now granted, I will admit, granted. Does Baker Mayfield have his flaws? Absolutely. Baker Mayfield does have his flaws. That's that's no question about that. Baker Mayfield at times need to needs to keep his mouth shut. But like I said before, you've alienated a guy who got you to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, who actually won you a playoff game. And yes, did yes, did Baker does did Baker not show up at times when he needed to in big games? Yes. But at this point, Cleveland has become so petty and just so cheap with this whole Baker Mayfield situation that they don't want to pay his they don't want to pay his 18.9 million dollar salary when Baker wanted out of Cleveland to begin with to begin with after he found out how you tried to go after Deshaun Watson and how Cleveland mishandled that he wanted out you didn't want to let him go and now the fact that you have to move on from him, Cleveland know, Cleveland knows that they got to move on from him, and in order to move on from him, they got to pay his $18.9 million salary, and they don't want to. So Cleveland right now is being cheap. They're, they're being, they are being super cheap right now. They're being really petty, and they are, they are just being so dysfunctional and, is, and, just, and, and just ignorant about this entire situation with Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield is just caught in the, it just it just caught in the middle of it right now and it sucks. So Cleveland Cleveland needs to do right by Baker Mayfield and they need to do right by him now. Just pay the 18.9 million dollar salary and and move and let Baker move on so he can go and and flourish and try to and try to continue to move his career in the right direction. Next up, I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers, and there was a report 
there was a report in Bleacher Report that talked about how the Portland Trailblazers are trying to go. Oh, well, actually, I'm sorry. The Portland Trailblazers are going to try to this offseason. They are going to try to go after Bradley Beal and Zach Levine via trade. Okay, when I first when I first saw this article, it 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 blew my mind when I first saw this. The Portland Trailblazers are going to try to go after Zach Levine and Bradley Beal to help assist Damian Lillard in trying to win a championship in Portland. Here's what the article says. According to Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, the Portland Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers are, are reportedly exploring trades for veterans who can help Lillard lead the team back to the postseason. They have identified Washington's Bradley Beal and Chicago's Zach Levine as potential, potential targets per O'Connor. The Blazers essentially have three avenues to acquire Beal. Avenue number one, if Bill picks up his $36.4 million option for next season, the Blazers the Blazers would have to trade for him. Option number two, if Bill opts out, the Blazers could either sign him outright to a four-year $183.6 million deal or agree to a sign-in trade with Washington, assuming the Wizards will entertain that option. Similarly, and that's the same thing that they would have to do with Zach Levine. Here's my thing about the Blazers going after Zach Levine and Bradley Beal. If the Blazers pull this off, they will immediately be in the top five, top six conversation of teams in the West that can legitimately win the championship. Now, they would have to try to get better on the defensive end because that's a lot of offense. That is a lot of offense for for one team to have to deal with with Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, and Damian Lillard. That's a lot of damn offense to deal with. But they would have to go into the well a little bit as far as the veteran minimum stage of, of free agency, and they would have to pluck a few guys from free agency that can play some defense. So, But I think this would be an absolutely humongous move for the Portland Trailblazers, and not only if not only if Portland makes this move, it will put them in position to possibly like really contend for the West. But I think it, I honestly think it would keep Damian Lillard there long term. I honestly, honestly do. So I can't wait to see if Portland tries to pull this off. It may not happen, but I cannot wait to see what happens with Portland. And them possibly going after Zach Levine and Bradley Beal. It could be really, really huge if they do this, but we will see moving forward. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2012. Why do I bring up the year 2012? Because that is the year that the 2012 NFC Championship game took place with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, and the Atlanta Falcons taking on Jim Harbaugh, Colin Kaepernick, Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, and the San Francisco 49ers. And we all know what happened in that game. The 49ers converted a fourth down stop. They won the NFC Championship game, went on to play the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 47. And in one of the craziest, just most bizarre Super Bowls that you will probably ever see, 
the 49ers unfortunately ended up losing that game. But what if, what if Matt Ryan, Roddy White, and Tony Gonzalez and the Falcons actually had found a way to defeat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game in 2012? And what if, and what if they had gone on to play the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 47? How would how would Matt Ryan, Tony Gonzalez, Julio Jones, and Roddy White in that Falcons offense, how would they have matched up against Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and the Baltimore Ravens defense? How would Joe Flacco and that Baltimore Ravens offense have matched up against that that Atlanta Falcons defense? I honestly I honestly don't know. We will never ever know. But just just a thought. What if? Because think about this: the Falcons got to the Super Bowl about about five about four seasons later. They got to the Super Bowl in Houston in 2016, and they came up short. But what if they'd have got to the Super Bowl four years prior in 2012 and faced the Baltimore Ravens? What if? That's why. This is what if. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I am your host, Jared Dawkins. Thank you all for listening. I really, really do appreciate you all. Game three tonight of the NBA Finals. I am very, very excited. That Boston crowd is going to be insane like they have been the entire playoffs. I have the Warriors winning game three tonight. This game is going to be really, really good. And thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at quietsoul24, Q-U-I-E-T-S-O-U-L-24. And you can follow me on Facebook at Jared Dawkins, J-A-R-E-D Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. I'm out. Peace.